0: this time with you. Sherry, you and your team put together a beautiful day. As only God knew when he put our time together, the story you've written for me helps illustrate what he gave Sherry for us. God's writing a story with each of our lives. Your story can make a difference in someone else's story. Do you trust God enough to give him the pen? My husband Fred knelt by his bed with his mom at the age of three and asked Jesus into his heart. He wished he had a more interesting testimony. I told him, your testimony is not a one-time event. It's sharing, what has God done in me, for me, and for me lately? How's he answered my prayers? What's he shown me in his word? How's he changed me? And how is that changing my world? This chapter of our God's story answers each of those questions. It begins in December 2014 with my husband's cancer diagnosis. But I hope you'll see this is not a story about cancer. It's about God's faithfulness. Hearing it's cancer is bad enough, but they had no idea what kind it was. How'd you start? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. That's all we kept hearing. Everything was on hold while they were on the tests. Not knowing was the worst, right? While we waited and worried, God was busy working. First, when I asked our church for prayer, the Holy Spirit compelled me to have them pray that we'd be found faithful and that God would be glorified. One, one purpose, right? And that Sunday, five minutes after church started, I needed to use the restroom. That was odd because I had just left the restroom. Where would you think that was going? I knew exactly where it was going. God had an appointment for me. There was going to be somebody in the lobby with a word of comfort or encouragement. And when I walked out of the sanctuary, nothing. (laughs) Not a soul in sight. But there was a woman crying in the bathroom stall. God had an appointment for me all right. Just not the one I was hoping for. I said, Lord, I can't do this today. You see, my heart has come alongside hurting people. I'd typically be the one offering more of encouragement, but that day, I was hurting. I was not feeling it, but I surrendered. <sighs> Lord, what would you have me do? <laughs> Surrender was not fun. <laughs> God set me up. That woman was a friend of mine, and together, two broken, wounded sisters leant to the throne of grace, where we both found comfort. Everything is significant. Lord, what would you do became our constant question and we continued to pray that we'd be found faithful and that God would be glorified. Two months later, there were still no answers. Fred was feeling much worse and our oncologist seemed strangely unconcerned. It was time for a change. Our new doctor was a rare cancer specialist who also just happened. To love Jesus and prayed the prayers of a warrior. He had an idea of what was going on and began chemo immediately. Our answer finally came at the end of that first round of chemo. Not knowing is the worst until the knowing goes beyond your worst imagination. It was an extremely rare type of cancer. That's why they had such a hard time identifying it. It was also stage four very aggressive, and spreading rapidly. But wait, there's more. It also tends not to respond to kingdom. If it doesn't work, I never expected to hear the word hospice. Fred says, think you're gonna scare me with heaven? I'm the one wide awake in the middle of the night where the world wanted questions. How do I tell the kids? How do I tell his parents? How do I take care of Fred, take care of the kids, get a job, pay the bills, run a household? All at the same time. How do I say goodbye? How do I parent my kids alone? I started crying. What do I do? What do I do? I said, all right, Lord, I'm listening. What do I do? What's the next step? The Holy Spirit gave me scriptures to show me how to pray for the heart, soul, and mind of my husband. As I continued to seek the Lord, he told me, I need you to be so broken that all your strength comes from me. I took that as a warning and a promise. You will be broken, very, very broken. And I'll be with you. I'll be your strength. So many people pray to this. And Fred started to feel better. Each update brought some small improvement. There was so much reason to hope, but God's words were never far from my mind. "You will be broken." So I wondered when the shoe was going to drop. It wasn't until much later I realized God has given me instructions. His desire for all of us is to be broken, and the blessed of the poor in spirit kind of way. Humble yourself on the side of the Lord, and he'll lift you up, casting your cares on him because he cares for you. (sighs) Fred and I grew so much closer when he got sick. We were united, fighting (coughs) this enemy together. But the more his illness progressed, our nerves were shot, and our tempers were short. I told the Lord I have no love, no joy, no peace. I said, that's not right. Lord, what's the truth in all this? God said, you have a spirit of control. With our situation spinning out of control, might as well try to control my husband? How do you think that worked? (laughs) (laughs) And for the same reasons, he was doing the same thing to me with the same results. Uh, You know what they say, if a drowning person grabs onto you, you're both going down. That's exactly what we were doing to each other. I had to repent of my need to control things and bring my thoughts under control of Jesus. That should have been the end of that. Journal entry, May 15. Asking Daddy why I always have to be the surrendered one. Eye-opening as I instantly realized I am not fully surrendered. The Holy Spirit showed me. It's not about what's going on with me and Fred, but between me and God. One of the gifts of suffering long is seeing the darkness of my own heart and how far the grace of God reaches. God blessed me with a day I didn't feel well. It was a blessing because he used it to show me Fred had nothing to give. It wasn't a matter of won't. but can't. It wasn't personal. It was up to me to take the hits and overlook offenses. Fred was broken every day and so was I I needed to let Jesus fill in the gaps at one point I emailed my brother I said heart sorry about that Fred's heart is being transformed and so is mine we're seeking God together and finding Him faithful. our prayers are changing it does my heart good to hear Fred pray that God be glorified in this regardless of what happens By the time June came, every day for two weeks, God did something to let me know who was there. It's like my daddy was skywriting, I'm here. I'm here. So when chemo stopped working, I wasn't entirely surprised. And I remembered my daddy's words, I'll be your strength. As everyone else prayed for a miracle, I was asking God how I should be praying. He gave me these scriptures. I fought the good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. And looking to Jesus, who for the joy before him endured the cross. Finally, my prayer became of surrender. Do whatever is gonna glorify you the most. I told the Lord, I can't fight you on this. And I don't want to. When I laid foot on the altar, I climbed up there with him, with my kids, my hopes, my dreams, and my future. And he struggled with his own health and his emotions. He told me, I'm okay. God's got me. When we first heard it was cancer, I told him, you can come out as healthy, or healthy end. Healthy end, you've seen God's heart for you. You understand his love so much more. You know your value, and you come away transformed. And God did it all. He answered every one of my prayers for my husband. Remember Fred's wish for an interesting testimony? When the chips were down, when life smacked him in the face so hard it knocked him over, he never wavered. He didn't turn from God. He wanted to do more to serve him. He left his family sacrificial. Sure. My typically pessimistic husband overflowed hope. He trusted God, kept seeking him, and found him faithful. He finished well. I hope he's been able to see that God has used his story and continues to use his story to glorify himself. Does anybody remember that storm at the end of June 2015? Many homes, including ours, were without power for days. Fred had just become oxygen-dependent. We only had two tanks and a wall unit. To lose power was life-threatening. If you remember, the TV talked about massive power outages. Before I even had time to react, the neighbor knocked at the door. He said, I just heard about Fred. Let us know if you ever need anything. He said, do you happen to have a generator? Oh, sure. Let us know when you need it. I said, how about now?" next moment, the weather shifts. I get everybody in the basement, get Fred hooked up. As the storm lifts, I come up to find my neighbor's generator and a full tank of gas waiting on the porch. He braves storm, force wind, and rain to make sure we have what he needed. I want you to understand this. My neighbor was already crossing the street while we were watching the weather report. God's provision was on its way before I ever knew I had a need. It's overwhelming. That's the kind of God we have. Friends invited us to stay with them. Getting from Williamstown to Hamilton posed a whole new set of problems. Trees are down, street lights are out. So there's detour after detour, and it pitch black And I'm hoping we're going to get there before his oxygen runs out. I have a strong faith. I saw God move powerfully on our behalf. But it was a very, very traumatic experience. For six years, even a hint of bad weather triggered PTSD. Overcoming it required me to face the root of my fear and remind myself of God's truth. He's my protector my shelter in the storm. He's not given me a spirit of fear. A week later, we went to the emergency room. I thought they'd administer fluids and send us home. Instead, the doctor starts talking about end-of-life decisions. In the darkest time of our lives, God was there. And when he welcomed Fred home, the Holy Spirit brought such peace. I asked the Lord what I should say as I made phone calls. The answer was clear. He arrived home safely. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection of life. He that believes in me that we were dead, yet shall he live. God believes. So he's not just gone. He's safely reached his destination. It's the same destination I look forward to. As Sherry just shared so beautifully, That's the destination that is promised to everyone who trusts that Jesus' death on the cross paid the penalty for our sins. Jesus' story is the very best story. That's why I want my story, to tell his story. So seven months after that initial diagnosis, I was a 47-year-old widow with a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 10-year-old. We've had difficult moments and very dark days. Journal entry, July 15, just a few weeks after Friday went home. Feeling weak today. I'm the widow with two mites. I have little to give today, but I offer it all to my God. Daddy, I give you my emptiness. But wait, there's more. Jesus said the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm confident they might have life, and that more abundant. It took me much longer than it should have to remember that God's promise of abundant life wasn't for everybody but me. The enemy has stolen, killed, and destroyed, but he's one less thing. I've learned grief is not all there is. In the past seven years, I've had children graduate, begin careers. My daughter's here with us. She just celebrated her first anniversary. My children are each walking out their own faith there's been a lot of failure, and a lot of growth. There's been joy, beauty, and purpose. <clears throat> and there's gratitude, because Jesus is here. Journal, <coughs> sorry, journal entry, July 17. Why me? Why did God give me answers? Why did he shame Fred's heart? Why did he give me time to change my heart? Why did God give me an opportunity to write all the wrongs? Why me? Why have I found favor? So our time together today has been all about living a purpose. I needed there to be a purpose in my husband's death. Many times I begged the Lord, just don't waste it. Don't let it be for nothing. Journal entry, exactly seven years ago today, Daddy, don't let me waste this. Let me give it all to you for your glory, for the building up of your kingdom. I saw this last night. I had also written Acts 17, 6, these that have turned the world upside down came here also. I said, Lord, my world has been turned upside down. Use our experience to turn our corner of the world upside down for your sake. It's been so good to see him answer that prayer. So many forces blessed are those who pass through the valley of weeping and make it a well. They go from strength to strength in his strength. When we prayed with surrendered hearts, we invited God to use his story, to use our story to tell his story. I've been privileged to sit with many hurting people, listen to their stories, and encourage them that God is faithful that nothing is wasted, that he redeems everything. I was even able to use my recent victory over PTSD, which in my case was really a stronghold of fear, to speak life and truth into someone else's story. I got to watch God set my friend free. So one Sunday, sorry about that. One Sunday morning this summer, we heard that a friend we were praying for was cancer-free after being treated for stage four cancer. As his daughter gave testimony, she spoke of how God was glorifying himself. I was so happy for them that I couldn't prevent the thought from entering my mind. That was supposed to be us. That was what we prayed for. God was supposed to glorify himself by healing prayer. Elizabeth Elliott said, You can either believe God knows what he's doing, or you believe he doesn't. You either believe he's worth trusting, or you say he's not. Because I believe, yes, God does know what he's doing. And yes, he is trustworthy. I was able to quickly shut those thoughts down and send them right back where they came from. That was not supposed to be us. God ordains our days. If that's how we wanted our story to go, it would have. Get behind me, Satan. With tears dripping down my face and hands raised in surrender and worship, I was able to fully and truly rejoice for my friend's sake without a hint of jealousy. And when I talked with him a few days later, he blessed me by sharing how much Fred's words all those years ago, you think you're going to scam me with heaven, encouraged him as he struggled through treatments. These are only a few of the many ways God showed us he was with us. Each experience built on the one before. Stones of remembrance to strengthen our faith. If you don't remember anything else I've said, remember this, be intentional with God. In other words, live with purpose. Because he's faithful and he's always good. God is the author and finisher of your story. Yes. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Mm-hmm. Do you trust him enough to give him the pen? Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah.